Welcome to the Sensitive Souls Podcast, a communal space where the neurodivergent, the sensitive spirit, and the creative can come together and feel safe, seen, and heard. Whether you are spiritual, into personal development, or just need a friend to talk to, you're in the right space. Grab a cup of tea, a cozy blanket, and let's get started. Hello everyone and welcome back to the show. My name is Jess Palmer and I am your host for the Sensitive Souls podcast. My pronouns are they, them, she, her, and I am a late diagnosed autistic adult. Woo friggin who. Um, This week's episode, I'm just kind of keeping it chill with the intro, keeping it chill overall. That's just the vibe of life right now. Like, Still recovering from two spinal surgeries. I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of done. You know, I'm done with giving into anxiety and attachment and poor coping skills. You know, it's just not, it's just not it. And that's okay. And, you know, I'm very much a proponent of getting help, right? Like I say all the time, I'm not a mental health professional. This podcast really was created to create a safe place for those who could relate to my story and my life experience as a queer neurodivergent person. And, you know, I just, I say again all the time, I'm not a mental health professional and I've been in therapy since I was 14 in and out. Like, I think I've taken a couple years off like here and there. But for the majority, like I've been in therapy for a long ass time and I feel like sometimes therapy can only do so much. I feel like there's power in numbers. And so a dear friend of mine has always been a proponent of some of the 12 step programs. They introduced me to uh, a group that I attended in 2020, basically for children of like I don't want to say abusive parents. That's not what I'm trying to say. But like children of unhealthy like upbringings, let's say, with parents with addiction, basically. And it's similar. I mean, it is just like following the 12 steps. So there is a underlaying energy of God. But you can obviously replace that with your higher power. And I found those meetings really helpful. Last night, this same friend uh, extended the invite to go to a CODA meeting. And I'd been wanting to go to a CODA meeting for a while, but just never did. And CODA is Codependence Anonymous, basically. And so last night we attended a meeting. It was small, kind of unorganized in the sense that there weren't a ton of people to fill the space. But I still got a lot from it. And I decided to attend a meeting this morning on Zoom And I got way more from it because it was a much larger group of people. And it was a meeting specifically for queer folks, uh, which I really enjoyed. Um, And yeah, so I'm really focusing on just like my mental health and my attachments and my obsessions and how it all kind of plays out. Because when I'm physically impaired or debilitated like I am now... It's easy for the mind to wander. It's easy for the mind to get racy and attached to things and obsess and create problems where they don't exist because I'm not feeling stimulated. So it's like 
too much time on my hands kind of makes Palmer not a nice boy, you know, like I think about like Jack Nicholson in The Shining, like too much time to yourself can drive you insane facts. Like we need community, you know? And so for me to find even virtual community and share my peace in a really safe way is nice because at these meetings, no one gives you advice. Like when you share, you're simply sharing and ending with a thank you. And it allows you to just get it off your chest without, because sometimes like I, I've done it. I've done it a ton in my, in my life, like unsolicited advice, like thinking you know what's best for someone. And that's part of being codependent in my experience. And so like to really just be heard or to really just hear others is really powerful. And like, I'm really, really enjoying that. So that's kind of what's been new the last week, going back to meetings, establishing myself as like a CODA participant um, and just learning like helpful skills, you know, like, I don't know. I just feel like there's so many resources available to us and these meetings are free too. It's not like you have to input your insurance and all of that. And mind you, these people facilitating these meetings are not mental health professionals. All they're doing is sharing the steps, sharing thought provoking, you know, daily readings and it's usually based off of those daily readings you give a share. So this morning's reading was basically saying how incorporating fun and spontaneity in your life is so important. Because when you're a codependent person or you're a caretaker or a people pleaser and you're putting other people's needs before your own to the extent where you become tired and resentful and depressed and feeling like you do nothing for yourself to kind of com combat that and fill up your cup, you can find fun and spontaneity in a way that fills you up with joy and a greater capacity to love yourself and love others. And in my share, I explained how I remember when I first started this journey of unraveling my codependency in therapy, you know, years ago, I was so angry. I didn't have joy. I didn't have hobbies. I didn't have that connection to my inner child because that's what kind of reminded me of that like joy and spontaneity make me think of my inner child my childhood and how joyful I would feel spontaneity is tough for me though you know and we can chop that up to me being autistic but it's like sometimes spontaneity can be too disruptive for me it has to be like the right type of spontaneity you know what I mean um, but otherwise, I, I do enjoy spontaneity in a healthy dose. I obviously want to have fun because if you don't, life gets too heavy and too serious. Um, and as a highly sensitive person, as I'm sure you are listening to this, um, it makes sense why having fun can be can be difficult, you know, but doing so allows you to nourish that inner child, allows you to experience those good feelings, which do replenish us with good vibes, mind, body, spirit. And having fun could be like you making your favorite beverage. It doesn't need to be like a big scheduled outing or thing. It could be picking up your Switch and playing your favorite game. It could be flipping through a magazine you really enjoy. I love the Breathe magazine. Those are incredible, by the way. But you're no, you know what I'm saying. Like, fun for you is going to look so different for someone else. You may enjoy puzzles. I would want to bash my head into a wall if I was playing puzzles. But you might like puzzles. And that's cool. 
you know, like everyone's definition of fun is different. And so if you've been stressing too lately, if you've just been feeling like life has been too serious, then I invite you that today when you're listening to this podcast that you set an intention to find some fun in your day, whether it's 10, 15 minutes. Maybe you enjoy watching funny reels of cats. I'm speaking for myself here, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm really glad that I'm back in meetings. I'm glad I'm back into some virtual community. And I'm really grateful to my bestie who motivated me to want to do something like this. Um, I'm not sharing their name just out of their own privacy and recovery, but you know who you are uh, listening to this and I love you endlessly. And so this brings me to today's episode. I really, really, really love podcasts that read stories, whether on Reddit or online somewhere, and then kind of give their feedback. I'm not going to lie. I really love the inappropriate ones. And like, am I the asshole stories? And I may do some of those from time to time, but you know, uh, some of my listeners gave me a great idea when I asked on Instagram at your pal Palmer how I should go about integrating this new type of segment. And y'all gave me a great idea of finding stories that I think would resonate for people like ourselves who are sensitive and maybe can, again, relate to these experiences that these sensitive folks are having. So I found a few on Reddit and I'll get through as many as I can without making this ungodly long. But I hope that you enjoy this new segment. I don't know if this is going to be an every episode type of thing or every other or yeah, I'm not really sure. I'm just going to kind of see how this episode lands with y'all and we'll go from there. But I love you and thanks for being here. Let's get into the first story. Gifted and highly sensitive, my story. I don't know where to start, and I don't know where to end. So I will just write it down as the thoughts develop in my mind in order to make sense of it all. And it might not be necessary, but everything you're about to read is no brag at all. I'm just hoping you'll understand me and can help me with your advices. Just recently, I found out I'm highly sensitive. Over the past few years, I feel like it's gotten worse. I'm super aware of everything that's happening around me. I want everybody to feel good, and sometimes I feel like I can read their minds. I notice small subtleties more than I would like. I can't tolerate alcohol or caffeine. I'm constantly worrying about everything. I'm now even worrying about what to write down next and if it'll make sense to anyone but myself. I've known that I'm gifted for a while now, and somehow I thought that in terms of sensitiveness, I was just average. I thought everybody viewed the same, the world the same way I do. Now that I found out that's apparently not the case at all, it makes a lot more sense, but not for the better. I think about the meaning of my work, my life, and everything that's going on much too often. Sometimes it's all I'm thinking about. It prevents me from finding true joy in my life. Maybe I have to find another job at some point, since this too is devoured of any meaning. I cannot imagine being in an office for the 40-something years to come 
is that what I got my master's degree for? To slave my time away working a corporate job? It feels so empty. I really don't see the point. Maybe I'm depressed. I don't know. This too, I've been thinking about a lot. Recently, I went to see a psychologist to talk about my past relationship. We had some nice conversations, and although she meant well, I also don't think she really understood. At one point, I felt like I was her psychologist instead. If I had asked just a couple more questions, I'm sure she would have cried. Not that I wanted to, of course, but that's usually how many of my conversations go. I feel like I'm holding up a mirror for the person sitting in front of me. I also don't know what to do next. I'm super scared to buy a house and to make a wrong decision. My girlfriend is from another country, and after she's graduated med school in a couple of years, we'll have to decide where we will live. Hopefully we can make a decision even before that. There's just so many factors to take into account that it drives me nuts. I am so incredibly bad at making decisions. I've been wanting to start my own business for a while now, but the risks involved of doing so are so large that it paralyzes me. I bought a domain, but there's nothing on it, even though I'm able to design websites, promotional materials, and so on. I don't think I'm afraid to lose. I'm more afraid to succeed instead. My imposter syndrome keeps telling me that what I'm doing is not good enough even though I never hear much criticism from other people. If you've read this far, then I'd like to thank you. Thanks for taking time to read a story about a man who's strangely confused about everything happening around him. Somebody once said, I have a big question mark floating above my head at all times, and I think after you've read my story, you'd probably agree. Tips and advice on what to do or just someone to talk to are more than welcome. Wow. Let's just let this homeboy story like sink in for a second. (sighs) Wow. I mean, everyone's journey is different, right? And where we're at on our journey journey of self-discovery is different. I can only speak from personal experience, and what I will say was that in the beginning where I was starting to really understand that I was highly sensitive, it did get worse because as your awareness grows, it's like the the physical sensation, the sensations in general are going to be multiplied because now you're aware. Because ignorance is bliss, right? Like when we're unaware, it's almost like it's not as bad, especially if you deal with chronic pain. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but at least for me, like, when I'm like, oh my god, I'm in so much pain, my back hurts so bad, my leg hurts so bad, I feel like this, and da-da-da, it makes it way worse. Sometimes the pain actually gets worse. So I can definitely relate to what he's saying about coming to terms with his highly sensitivity and things getting a lot worse. And the spiraling, you can feel the spiraling in this post. And it makes me incredibly sad because a lot of highly sensitive people struggle with anxiety and OCD. And when you are someone such as this person who is obviously in a place of spiral, um, I can imagine that, and I can relate, 
to how overwhelming, especially with all these bigger questions, like him saying that people say he walks around with a question mark above his head. Like, I can honestly relate. And I feel like, too, when he talks about, is this what I got my master's degree for? To slave my time away working a corporate job? It feels so empty. I really don't see the point. And depending how old or young he is, we don't know. If he's in my generation, millennials, I feel like a lot of us got sucked into this like American dream, quote unquote, of getting a degree and being super successful and getting a corporate job. But then like once you get there, you realize that you're stuck for the next however many decades till you retire. So now you, you've gotten the thing, you're in the workforce now, but was it really your idea? Was it really your passion? You know, it's like you have to, I feel like if I could go back in time and give my younger self advice, I would tell them, look, take some time off, think about what you want to do. You know, like, don't feel like you have to have it all figured out right now, even though society tells you you have to. I just think there's a lot of pressure to have it all figured out in your 20s. When your 20s are like the next round of your teenage years, I feel like, and I feel like the 30s for me will be my actual adult life, <laughs> you know, like you're still figuring it out. And wanting to start his own business, but being afraid to succeed as a highly sensitive person, if you also find yourself to be a people pleaser, that fear of succeeding way outweighs the fear of failure because if you if you fail well you know what i'm saying like succeeding the fear of success is always greater than the fear of failure because if you already have like a shit view about yourself or aren't feeling super confident it's like you expect yourself to fail so it's you're more comfortable in the expectation of failure versus believing in what you perceive to be the impossible of you succeeding right like I feel like that for me personally, like I would be more comfortable in failing because that's what I'm quote unquote used to. And honestly, if I could give this this man advice, it would just be other than like you're safe. Your feelings are safe. Your fears are safe. You know, and I don't know. I, I don't like sitting here just to give advice. You know, I'm not, again, a mental health professional. It's like, I really just want to give this guy a hug, you know, like, I don't really have much to say other than like his feelings are valid and his fears are valid. And I hope that he finds peace in, in who he is and in this journey of self-discovery, because although it's scary, it's a beautiful one. And so let's get into our next story. My highly sensitive and vulnerable personality is making my life unbearable. I've been a highly sensitive, easily offended person since I was a kid. I started noticing it at young age when my dad, who was and still is verbally abusive, would call me offensive names during our arguments as a method of punishment and or to show me I'm guilty. I would always get incredibly emotional and start crying right away. I'd hold a grudge for a very long time too, and overall would remember all the things he'd tell me. Nowadays, it's not as bad as it used to be because I kind of learned how to control it. 
Nevertheless, I still am very sensitive to words and criticism. Whenever my partner uses any kind of offensive word, it instantly triggers me and makes me want to break down in tears. For example, what the fuck, blank? Even if it's not meant to be offensive and probably said it in a figurative way, like shut up, etc. Both times I got fired from my previous jobs, I cried in front of my bosses and felt so embarrassed afterwards. Even though they weren't necessarily being rude, even if they were, I could have walked away without making a scene and looking vulnerable in front of everybody. Being a highly sensitive person is too much at times, and I wish I was more stern and emotionless. Hmm. I don't know, folks. This, these, these stories, like, are, these people are so hard on themselves. And truly, as someone who can relate, um, it's easier as a highly sensitive person to be harder on yourself because you are going to be your own worst critic. Like, no one is harder on me than me. No one is more cruel to me than me. And... It's very evident that highly sensitive people, because we can feel inundated with other people's emotions, external stimuli in our environments, it can be very hard to have anything left to regulate ourselves. And so I think these these like thought spirals of I'm not good enough, I'm not capable, uh, it, I'm the problem, it, it's easy, I think, to fall into that because those feelings feel so genuinely real. There's a comment, too, on here, on this story in particular, that I wanted to read, too. Two separate thoughts. One, I'm a crier, too. Even when I know logically I shouldn't be that upset. For example, I cry a lot when I get positive feedback at work, question mark. So annoying. I'm also a people manager, and I try to make people feel more comfortable if they cry in front of me. Honestly, it feels like some patriarchal bullshit to feel bad about crying. Two, it is a problem if you are offended slash carrying a grudge when people do not intend to hurt your feelings. That is exhausting for everyone involved, including you being upset all the time. Therapy isn't an easy answer because it can take a lot of time and emotional energy to find the right one but I think you need to address this to have a happy life and good relationships. I really liked, I really liked that, that second point. And I'm going to reread the first sentence because I don't think this person was trying to be rude, but you need to be kind of tough with people because it's hard. I don't want to say to realize when you're the problem, but in a way, yeah, like it is hard to take accountability sometimes when you're so inundated with feelings and energy, whether it's yours or someone else's. So two, it is a problem if you are offended slash carrying a grudge when people do not intend to hurt your feelings. I absolutely agree with that. If you're someone who, you know, deals with rejection sensitivity, I, you know, I completely understand um, it's, again, easy to make everything an offensive remark. And if, again, you have a shitty self-esteem or a self-esteem you're really working to expand upon, again, it's easier to give in to the negative assumptions that you think people are saying to you or doing to you because you're already probably doing it to yourself in some regard, right? It's like our internal world is mirroring our external world. And I really liked that that person 
basically said it's it's like not the other person's fault for the grudge you have created in your mind because of your hurt feelings when i'm sure if you just ask that person did you mean to be offensive most likely they're going to say no you know what i mean and that's been a really hard lesson for me personally to integrate and the next comment i'm just going to read because it's small seek help you don't want people walking you don't want people walking on eggshells around you do you Plus, it's hard to maintain any kind of relationship, be it romantic or platonic, when you're in this sensitive place. Go for therapy. Talk it out. I'm sure they can advise you on how to cope with it. I mean, yeah, it's like the idea of people walking on eggshells, whether you've been the one to walk on eggshells or you are creating that unstable environment, it's not a good place to be. You know, that's that's prime ground for someone to become resentful and the separation to begin whether again it's platonic or romantic like you can't put your trauma on other people and expect them to like fix it like you got to do that work you know what I mean but I, I am enjoying the vulnerability that these people are having even just on reddit in such an anonymous place because it's not easy to even write all those things down. And so let's hope that our next story is a bit more, maybe ends more on a positive note. Ten things a highly sensitive person needs to be successful. You, as a sensitive person, have to accept that you are a combination of physical mental, emotional, and spiritual energies. 1. What happened to you when you were young was a learning experience that proved to you how much you could handle. When you feel overwhelmed with what life is handling you now, remember that you are strong. Your sensitive body can withstand a lot. 2. Listening to your body will grant you the wisdom of cause and effect. Your sensitive body will instruct you when you have made wrong choices and also right choices. How often now does your body react negatively to the choices you have made? 3. The thoughts you have about hurting the people who have harmed you bring more of the same into your life. Your mind is very powerful it will create what you think about. Keep your thoughts on the positive. Have your mind work for you and not against you. Four, the beliefs you have about yourself will determine how high you can fly. Monitor your self-talk to determine what your beliefs are. Change your beliefs about yourself and your abilities to the positive. Nothing is out of reach if you believe it to be so. 5. When you have emotional overwhelm, it seems like you can't handle any more. Yet every time it happens, you do. Your sensitive emotions are being exercised to be able to handle more. With practice, you will be able to hold all and more in your space. 6. The key to feel stable with your emotions is to be secure. The feeling of security to a sensitive person is like the need for water. Without it, you would surely shrivel up and die. 
if you did not have a lot of security growing up, ask yourself what you need to feel it now. 7. You have the ability to sense the underlying energies of others. This is why it is so easy to be overwhelmed by what you see and hear. This is an amazing gift that will give you a huge advantage over normal people. Once you learn to control it, you will soar. 8. You have a special connection to the spirit world. Although everyone can access a higher power, you can communicate with it. You are gifted with this ability for a very good reason. Listen well to the subtle clues that spirit speaks to you. It will be healing for you. 9. Remember that there is no such thing as mistakes. They are simply learning experiences and are so necessary. You are here to learn and without mistakes, you would not learn anything. Embrace them and enjoy them for what they are. You grow with each experience. 10. As a sensitive person, you are uniquely gifted to contribute to humanity. It has been written that, quote, the meek shall inherit the earth, end quote. As a highly sensitive person, you are the meek. You're very powerful and have a big role to play. It is time to get the party started. Give expression to your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual self, and you will find success as a sensitive person. You, as a sensitive person, have to accept that you are a combination of physical, mental, and emotional, and spiritual energies. Have a blessed day. Love and light. I really liked this one. This one was really good. I'm glad we kind of ended on a high note because those were getting a little sad. <laughs> but I mean, take what resonates and leave the rest, right? Like you could read this all and be like, I don't agree with any of it or I agree with all of it or some points I'm going to take home with me today and some I'm just going to leave here. Like truly. I really enjoyed the listening to your body um, for the wisdom of cause and effect because as a highly sensitive person, I try to analytically figure out everything in my mind, whereas that is not helpful, especially if I'm feeling emotionally activated. So I really need to tune into my physical body's responses to, to know what choice is going to be for my highest and best. And I thought, I thought that was really important. And I don't know, this gave me like Avatar Last Airbender vibes, but number eight is you have a special connection to the spirit world. I was like, ooh, Avatar. But it's true. Whether you see spirit, hear spirit, feel spirit in nature or in meditation or even in just your day-to-day -day life, romancing your life, however you connect spiritually, as a highly sensitive person, you have a greater ability to do so. And it's rewarding. It's supportive. And it's needed in order to feel more balanced with your experience because that energy needs to move. That energy needs to be like that spiritual energetic energy needs to be moved and worked with and loved up on. And spirituality is going to look different for everybody. Maybe you just pray on your way to work in the morning and take some time in silence. Maybe you go for a walk in the afternoon and just commune with nature. As a highly sensitive person, you have a greater capacity to feel that connection even in tenfold. So it's like for you, 
your spiritual relationship is going to be so much more fulfilling than the typical person who doesn't feel to that great capacity. Um, so I really enjoyed this post and I've enjoyed these stories. And I know I kid and say, wow, I mean, these are kind of depressing as fuck, but <laughs> it's true. Like it is, it is a depressing life to live sometimes when you don't know how to regulate yourself and protect your energy and set up boundaries. And it is a journey. My whole twenties has been me figuring out boundaries and communication and rediscovering again, my fun and spontaneity. Like it really is like working a muscle. Like this person said, you know, the more that you go through, the more your body and mind can withstand it because you're proving to yourself and your mind, body, and spirit that you're capable. So when you think shit is just hitting the fan and hitting the fan and believe me, like I'm, I've, I've been there even right now. It is because you can handle it. It is because it's teaching you to grow and expand even in contraction and resistance. So yeah, I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode and enjoyed me sharing these stories and diving deeply more into what it means to be a highly sensitive person and that lived experience and the good and bad because we can't live without duality in a sense, right? We have to have both the light and the dark, the yin and the yang. And going forward, I'm going to try to incorporate a mix of two because I think if we just come on here listening to depressing ass stories, it's just going to be like, yeah, being a highly sensitive person sucks. <laughs> but there are so many more beautiful benefits to being a highly sensitive person, I think, personally. But if you have any suggestions for stories or you have a story that you want to share about your own experience about being a highly sensitive person, um, that would be cool, you know, to start receiving some emails um, with your stories. So if you want to email me at yourpalpalmer at gmail.com, um, I'm going to hopefully make that email like right now. So hopefully that will work. <laughs> and you can email me because I think that would be fun to hear from the community, your personal experience as a highly sensitive person and what it means to you. Um, yeah, and then I can read it on the podcast and feel free to share your name or remain anonymous. Just let me know in the submission uh, what you would like. So thank you all again for being here. I'm so grateful for this community and space. And with all the love in the world, I will see you in the next episode. Mm -hmm.